Welcome back in to Checked Out, episode five. Happy Hughes Day to everybody who celebrates. And also, happy Mason Deal Tuesday. We are joined again by Mason Deal, as well as Alex. We got a full house today. Fellas, how are we doing? I'm chilling. I am uh, I'm very excited to get home and celebrate Hughes Day. Uh, I am currently... Um I'm very in, emotionally invested in this game. Uh, not so much for the Hughes brothers, but just because I I need the Canucks to do good. Uh, JT Miller is still currently carrying my fantasy team, so I'm, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. I, I know. I think I talked about my DH Gate JT Miller jersey uh, on the way last episode. I'm still waiting for any updates on that. It still has not shipped uh, out of China. So the package is still floating in the ocean and trying to make its way over here. Yeah, I think it's lost in customs. So. Alex, what about you? Anissa knows all about how I like the Canucks. They were my sleeper pick at the beginning of the year and not a sleeper anymore for me or anyone in the NHL world. I'd be scared, Anissa, as a Devils fan. <laughs> I think Luke and JT and Elias Pettersson, I think they're going to turn the lights out on the West Coast on you guys. I'm sorry. I, oh, you, you meant to say Quinn. Luke is on the Devils. Oh, did I say Luke? Yeah, I meant Quinn. I'm sorry. They're very, they're very easy to. Uh, Luke, to Luke, had, Luke had another overtime winner a few nights ago. Yeah, so yeah. that's real, why he was at the top of my mind. He had a really nice celly in his little bow. Yeah, it was pretty cute. I liked it. I saw it everywhere. He's done it back in his like Michigan days. Uh, he did a few times when he was, I think, on the U.S. team. But everything's really starting to pan out for the Devils beside their goaltending but that's a whole other issue yeah um, i'm not the biggest devils fan in the world i will say this i really enjoyed when adam henrique scored that goal against the rangers it was a loose puck in the crease and he buried it and everyone at the rock went nuts and the rangers are probably my least favorite team as a flyers fan so See, you can be that a was devils a day, fan that you was called a, it the rock i was an yeah. honorary devils fan for that one night only that one night because okay. i'm still salty about david clarkson earlier in that playoff series not the series against the rangers but early earlier in that you know playoff year Mm -hmm. taking out my flyers but i was a devil's fan for one night and rangers fans alec martinez in 2013 by my kings guys got to step it up yeah you can be a devil's fan you called it the rock i only devil's fandom people call it the rock major mainly so welcome new jersey alex thank you my my favorite uh devil's player he doesn't play there anymore I'd be surprised it? if you remember him. How how long have you been a Devils fan? Be honest. Well, a few years. You remember Danius Zubras? This is like 12 or 13 years. Oh, not Pat- that long. Patrick Eliash. That's... Mm. Do you remember David Clarkson? No. It's like... This is like when I was six, so... <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, prob- probably not. Probably not. I don't think I was really invested in sports that much when I was about... Eight years old. Okay. But you know who Adam Henrique is? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I just want to say in terms of devil's news before we get into more stuff, my dad called me the other day and he said that he found his Martin Brodeur rookie card. Ooh. And he's like, well, since your brother doesn't care about hockey, he's like, you can have it. So I looked up Martin Brodeur rookie card. Those things are going for like $2,000. I was like, ooh, nice little trip paid i'm not gonna sell it of course i'm gonna keep it <laughs> yeah but it was really nice looking to see how much it was worth because my dad has a ton of trading cards and we're interested to see what he has but 
I know it's only been a short time since we met Alex. We're recording on Tuesday, and our last recording was Thursday, Thursday of last week. So Five a little days. bit of a short turnaround time. But what's changed in the NHL right now? I mean, what have we seen from our hot and cold teams? So first team that was smoking hot until, of course, I mentioned that they were smoking hot, and then they're down 3 nothing to Mr. Lambert's Blue Jackets and Yarmo Kerkalayan's <laughs> squad is the LA Kings. And I've been very impressed with the LA Kings this year, especially since Pierre-Luc Dubois has done next to nothing for that squad. I never really liked that Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. I have some friends that are also Kings fans that are not from LA, of course, just like me. We gave up Gabe Velarde, who I really liked, and we also gave up Sean Dersey, who is a defenseman, in exchange for Dubois. And I think we also gave him a draft pick. I want to say it was like a second or third rounder. And I was like to my friends, I don't like that trade at all. Velarde, he was a really fun player to watch. Got a little bit of an injury history toward the end of last year. He got banged up a couple times. He got banged up in the playoffs. I think he might have been a little banged up this year, but he was always really fun to watch. He had a great wrist shot, and Dursey was a pretty good defender on the back end. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's always kind of had the question marks around him. He couldn't take the heat from John Tortorella in Columbus, so they swap him for Line. That's Patrick Line in Winnipeg, and... That really was hot and cold there, too. I'm just very impressed with the Kings. They're getting scoring from all around. Anse Kopitar is playing like he's 22. Thoroughly impressed. He looks great this year. I think he's channeling his inner Dustin Brown. And he said, do you remember who Dustin Brown is? You say a lot of players. I... Okay, know I, a lot of them I know are. who Dustin Brown. Is. That was not, that not was a while ago too. I was Dustin Brown. He's probably going to the Hall of Fame. He's definitely going to the Kings Hall of Fame. He okay. was the Kings captain for a while. Mm-hmm. I think the oldest player on the Kings is Drew. Da- You've probably heard of Drew Downey, right? Yes. So he's the. I think he's the only player on the Kings remaining from the two from. Um, I want to say twenty twelve and twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, 2012 and 2014 Stanley Cups. So I'm sorry as a Devils fan, the Kings beat you guys that year. That's fine. That was the year we were talking about Adam Henrique with the goal. That was the next series. If Steve Bernier didn't get kicked out of that game and get a major, probably would have been a lot closer, but the Kings beat the Devils 6-1, and then two years later, the Kings took their revenge out on another New York metro area team. The Rangers saw the lights go out on Broadway in L.A. I do appreciate Alec that Martinez. Yeah. that I'm paying attention to it. Yeah. Who actually, fun fact, Alec Martinez scored the game, went Stanley Cup winning goal this year, too, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Really? Yeah. He had the winning goal against Lundquist at overtime in 2013. It might have actually been double overtime. I think it, it was double overtime. I think it was overtime. double overtime. Yeah. I just remember Doc Emmerich yeah, going absolutely nuts. It was crazy. It was like 1 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. That was that was that was actually the game that got me into hockey. If it was not for my Pittsburgh sports like general bias, I'd be a Kings fan because I actually just purchased a uh, Drew Doughty jersey and got the Stanley Cup. Patch. I approve. Why yeah, not both? I, I much approve. Why not? Well, Why you not see, both? you see, because um, you already have that JT Miller I, jersey it, in transit. That is true. Is However, it, is it a Vancouver JT Miller? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I like this. No. Guy. Uh, yeah. It is a. Uh, it was the Drew Doughty um, because I am, of course, as always, you know, in you know. 
in and around the uh, 18 to 25 year old range, a broke college student. And uh, Drew Doughty, his uh, jersey was going on eBay in my size for a nice uh, crisp $50. So I was like, yeah, I'll absolutely take that. And then I I dropped a little bit extra. Uh, Shout out to uh, uh, my Nana. She helped me iron on the uh, patch because I don't have an iron in my apartment. So went down, took a little trip to Fairmont and got the Stanley Cup patch on. So uh, all right. Enough enough about Drew Doughty. What are we, 20 year olds (laughs) don't have irons in our apartments? Get a grip. Not me. Not me and my roommates. If we do, I have no idea where it is. Um, I'll probably I'm probably gonna go home and ask them about that actually because the uh, ironing board. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I don't know. It was a it was a nice excuse to go and eat. I think I have my grandma made uh, some nice pasta and meatballs for me, and I'm never gonna turn down you know Italian grandma pasta and meatballs and a nice chance to see family. So. Honestly, I don't blame you at all. Hey, so fifty dollars for a Downey jersey, that's good. That's like the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning using their cap space down <laughs> to their last two dollars. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, no. I me and uh me and eBay have a great relationship right now. I got uh I got a James Neal Penguins jersey off of there as well for like thirty bucks. And are they uh, all legit or are they like knockoffs? <laughs> I am not. I am not. I no no no. Crosby jersey right now. No, of course. I mean, I'm. I've put out here very publicly twice now that I'm buying jerseys from DH Gate. Um, but no, I have. I actually have no idea if they are or not. Um, I. It's a website where you can vet your jerseys. I think it's like, is my jersey real? It's very like ominous. It's like, what does the like strap in the back of your jersey look like? And Uh it will say, your jersey is fake. Period, and it's very like that. Feels that feels cruel. Yes, like, it's very yeah. like early two thousands, <laughs> like scary website vibes, like creepy pasta type. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like if like I was looking at it the other day because I was like, okay, I know my Crosby and Malkin jerseys are fake, like very obviously, mm-hmm. like in the Penguin. To the bubbles, it's bubbled. You know, the yeah. little paper that was stuffing it, it's all like cracked. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I don't care. I don't have the two hundred dollars for a jersey. Yeah, I I know. Said. I uh, say so yeah. I know that mine aren't authentic, but I, at least the Penguins uh, James Neal that I have hasn't bubbling. Um, I can say there's one seller on eBay. I don't remember their name uh, off the top of my head, but I got a Mario Lemieux like blue Penguin, like powder blue, and a Gordie Howe Red Wings for like it's like forty bucks each, and they have uh, they have very much like fueled the addiction to buying hockey jerseys when I don't need them. I uh, I asked. It was forever ago. I, um, my mom was asking about Christmas ideas that she could send to the grandparents, and I found a, a, a Vinny LeCavalier Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. Uh, that was sick. It was one of the, like, I think it was like the 07 jerseys or something. Uh, like, the, I, I love those old Tampa jerseys real bad. But Yeah, I do too. They're like um, reflective, some yeah. of them. Um, it's called Legit Check. Hmm. So if you go, it's like, you know, who's the manufacturer of your jersey? So I'm going to say, I think mine is Reebok. Yeah. Are you buying it on eBay? No. Reebok, that's that's close to seven or eight years now. Yeah. Well, I think I think that deal expired in like what twenty sixteen? Eighteen or seventeen. And then we got the NHL experimented with uh Adidas. That went so well. Yeah. I I wanna say it's um I think some are still Adidas. I know a couple had Nike. It's all kinda 
Yeah. Like, How look much at this. money? It just like I just press it. Tell me you don't get like weird vibes from the website. Oh well, you know why? It's r slash hockey jerseys that puts it up. That's absolutely just some guy in his basement that uh, learned how to do HTML for the sole sake of uh, and stuff like it was some mod. I guarantee you who like sat down and was like tired of making the weekly check threads, so they just like made a crappy. Listen, like, we were talking about a few <laughs> weeks ago how I got absolutely blasted in the <laughs> r hockey jerseys thread because I was like, wow, look at these jerseys, and everybody was like, these are fake why would you buy them why would you waste your money i said um i got two jerseys for 60 dollars. where i'm looking on like depop and ebay and these fake jerseys that i can obviously tell are very fake now are going for like 80 bucks a pop so who cares like i really do not care i think they had like a coyotes one in the store down there too and I think they have an Avs one. Oh, I hope those haven't sold. I'm I'm about to walk down tomorrow uh, before know. class. I, I went to. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Mason. No, you're good. You're good. I'm I'm kind of rambling about these jerseys here. <laughs> Speaking of the Coyotes, I saw the Coyotes at home against the Devils. Your Devils won six two. You know who Chico Resch is? Yes. I met Chico Resch. That's Ooh. pretty cool. He Heck was yeah. just hanging out outside the gates in Glendale. My dad and I oh, got you went there down early. to Arizona. Yeah, I was there for spring break, and Ooh. the Coyotes mm-hmm. were playing. Says so I. That's that'll be fun. Let's go to the game. That was the last year they played in an NHL arena at the wonderful uh, Gillow River Arena. That's now the Desert Diamond Casino Plaza Arena, something like that. That was also last year the Coyotes played with the Howler. They call it the Howler. Howler. That's a mouthful. The Howler logo. You know, like the Howling Coyote. Yeah. yeah. Now it's the Kachino logo, which I think is pretty cool. That's better. So all the jerseys, anything with a logo with the Howler, the Howling Coyote, 50% off, including, you know, applied to tax too. Ooh. So I got a Coyote's mm. licensed t-shirt for like 13 50 or 14 50 I would have gotten a jersey, but they didn't have my size. Mm. I like the Coyotes logo right now. Yeah. I think it's very cool. I think it's one of the coolest logos. I do, I like them both. I just was sad to see the one go. But the nice thing about the new logo, which I definitely want to give them the shout out for, is that it honors the local history of some of the local tribes, which oh, yeah. I think that's great. Another team that kind of does that, I don't know if they were trying to do that, is the Canucks, especially the old Canucks jerseys from the 90s. I love those things. You should look into getting a Miller one of those, the black and gold, got oh, a little bit of red. Throwbacks. Yeah. yeah. They're really hard to come by. I've always been curious as to getting one, but I like to see some of the teams, you know, honoring the local heritage of their area. I think that's a nice little touch to show that, you know, it's it's more hockey is more than just a sport. It's all about, you know, honoring local traditions and stuff like well, exactly that. Exactly like the wild. Yeah. Like the yeah. wild do a fantastic job. I was gonna job. suggest the wild. Did we talk about Marc Andre Fleury's helmet last week? Yeah. That really big controversy. I mean, I was driving back and I was listening to the NHL network and the one guy I was sitting there, I was like, I can't believe he's saying this. He's saying how NHL players think that rules don't apply to them and all this other BS and I'm driving and I'm like, what the heck am I listening to? And I wanted to turn it off, but I just kept listening because I was just so appalled. And I was like, does he not realize that like goalies have free reign of what they can put on their helmets like nobody's ever stopped them yeah and now he's saying like you know they need to do like something that the NA the NFL does the my cleats my claws mm-hmm. he's like you know why doesn't the NHL do that and I'm like okay well would you say baseball to do that like baseball has theme nights mm-hmm. MLB has theme nights you know why 
does everybody, you know, get up in arms over the NHL doing theme nights because seven people don't want to do certain themes? Like, it was just, it was so crazy, and I was getting so mad, and I still had, like, an hour and a half my drive. I was like, I'm just going to drive in silence <laughs> at this point. Like, I was just yeah crazy. But let's get into actual hockey talk. Um, the Flyers swept the Penguins in back-to-back games. <sighs> Alex, I know you're happy about this. Mason and the I. Or- the orange and the black is back. Mason and I exchanged some very colorful text that contained <laughs> the word sigh a lot. Yeah. It was just sigh sent back and forth. I'm surprised it didn't contain an L in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, you did, you, y'all uh, y'all lost twice in two days. Granted, you did take us to OT and a shootout. In so. both times. Both games went to overtime. So the Penguins do yeah. get their two pity points. Yeah. Congratulations, everyone. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really matter when we came in, I think, either down two or tied uh, in points with the Flyers. And then they, you know, leapfrog us quite a bit more. Uh, definitely hurts. But uh, it is what it is. A lot of hockey left in the season. A lot of time for the Penguins to figure something out with their power play. I just, um, I think it's painful how right now between sixth in the metro and third it's three points three points the flyers are sitting in third right behind the hurricanes who are in have 29 points so basically the penguins are four points out of second place yeah which is a crazy sentence if you told me that like a month ago at the start of the year i would have been i would have been dumbfounded because it was we started what three and eight and then went on that five game win streak and then now are what a glorious win streak that was and one thing (sighs) i will say about the rangers is they have a great record i believe they do help they have the best now because vegas has lost a couple more and so la and boston yeah a lot of the rangers games they've been on a lot of road trips so they actually haven't played as much against the metro as they have against the pacific and the central you know the western conference so i'd argue that their their record excuse me is kind of deceiving because They've only played the Flyers once. I think they, they have they played the Penguins. I want to say they played like once. Yeah. Yeah, they did, and they won one nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I remember us talking about that. So I think as they play more Metro teams, everyone it's kind of like the Pac-12 in college football. Eventually, everyone is going to lose to everyone, and it'll even out. The Metro's always kind of been the most competitive division the last few years, mm-hmm. although I'd argue this year there's a lot of newcomers that are, I don't, and some of them I don't even think are trying to be contenders. Like, for example, the Flyers are in the middle of a rebuild, yet they're in the thick of, thick of things. The Islanders, they're not in a rebuild, but they're not too far off. Yeah. The Capitals, who would have thought the Capitals with OV struggles, Nick Backstrom practically in retirement, Anthony Mantha's been hurt. He's been a healthy scratch. Remember Anthony Mantha with the Red Wings? He yeah. scored 30 goals. They're still in the thick of things, and they, they had a slow start. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, Mason and I were talking about this, and we're not going to cry about the Penguins for too, mo- too long because, you know, we have other stuff to get to. Feel free. But <laughs> I, yeah, know, I, I know you're <laughs> reveling in this right now. You're feeding off the tears and the negative energy here. The Penguins are bumped down to 30th with their power play. How, like, I don't even know where to start with this because you have, and they've tried to remedy this power play so many times. Right now you have Crosby, Gensel, 
Malkin, Latang, and Carlson all on the top line, if I'm not mistaken. No, Russ? No, no, I think I think Russ. I think uh, they were switching out like Russ and Latang, and they were just like moving around a lot of stuff. Yeah. I I don't I don't know say I I know that I know that they experimented it in the middle of this Flyers uh pens one and one, but I don't remember what the exact change was. I think it was that they moved Carlson off the point, gave it back to Latang. I don't know if they sent him to the second unit or if he just kind of went off to the side. But it's um, it's like it's painful watching it. Yeah. Like no. a lot of people, like every time the Penguins get a power play, my Twitter feed is filled with people saying, can we just decline the penalty? Like, yeah, no, we don't want it. I think I, I sent you this statistic. It genuinely is the most like soul crushing stat I've read related to Penguins hockey in a long time. The Penguins are first, at least before last night's game, first in 5v5 goals for the season. And in 5v4, they are dead last. I don't know how. It's like it's literally like watching two teams. As soon as we touch the power play and a man advantage, we just like completely just like we we turn into a different team. It's It's truly ridiculously like cartoonishly stupid to watch. I will say right now that the Canucks have 67 even even goals Mm -hmm. and the Penguins are right behind them with 65. Yeah. And then behind the Penguins are the Blue Jackets with 64 and the Bruins are 62. So it's just like, I don't even know, like, where would you start with this? Like, what would a rebuild of this power play look like? A lot of people have been calling for the firing of Todd Reardon, the power play coach. And I don't know if that's going to happen midseason. It probably won't. I think they're going to wait. I mean, I hope that Kyle Dubas is like, hey, there's a problem right now. I mean, last night... And I sent this to you. The Penguins, their actual Twitter team put out something about from Russ about the power play. And he said, everyone who's on that unit, been on that unit, thinking about that unit, coaching that unit, is really upset with how things are going. So if you say something like that, your team puts something out like that, I expect a change Mm-hmm. coming very soon. I mean, what do you think, guys? I'd like to give my non-biased opinion as a non-Penguins fan. I think yeah. you both would really get a lot out of this just because obviously I have no stake in it. I'm not a firm believer in that someone has to fall on the sword every time something goes wrong. I don't think firing's the answer. Mm-hmm. I do have one suggestion, and I've watched a couple of Penguins games. Not many, just because... It's hard to get him on ESPN Plus because it local blackout. Yeah. Brian Rust, okay, and Jake Gensel. Why not try to have both out there? I remember a well, long Russ time has been ago. Injured, so that's I know. Why. Okay, so that that that's that's a fair mm-hmm. thing. But I remember a few years ago. Now this actually might have been before COVID. There was a time when Mal- Evgeny Malkin played D up at the point with Latang, the whole idea of that you get a four forward out there, you kind of cheat by putting him back on defense. The idea is usually you're not going to face many shorthanded rushes unless you're facing the Flyers who continue to score shorthanded yeah. goals. Another shorthanded goal against the Penguins. I guess the Flyers are just trying to take any kind of penalty so they can score a shorthand goal. I don't know. Getting back, getting back to what we're talking about, though. If you put Malkin on the blue line, with Latang, 
I know Carlson, he's the brand new shiny acquisition. Mm-hmm. If we go back to kind of an older unit, we put Malkin and Latang on the back end. You could still have Crosby be the center. As much as I'd like to see Crosby, you know, go to the dirty areas to bang the rebound in, I personally think you need his stick handling and puck handling and skating skills on the outside. Yeah. So maybe in like Gretzky, not Gretzky's office, but like Ovi's office or somewhere, somewhere top of the circles outside near the yeah. boards, outside of kind of the little power plate diamond. Mm-hmm. Ryan Rust, Jake Ensel, you got two very big bodies there. Why not throw one of them in front, especially Brian? I've seen Brian Russ. He's he's a master of deflection. Yeah. He tips them in all yeah. the time. When I went to the Penguins-Bruins game, he tipped one in that well, I was one of like 10 people in the arena that actually saw it was in. They didn't call it a goal until they went to like the review. They didn't mm. even turn the red light on. Why not just put him in front? You know, he could try to knock in the garbage, the loose change. You can kind of throw Gensel in there too. And then on the outside, you got you got puck movement with Crosby. I've seen Gensel. He can, he can saw through the puck pretty well. So you got two guys that are two forwards that can really move the puck well in Crosby and Gensel. Yeah. And then you got Latang, he's got a good slap shot. And then you also got Malkin and Gino is he's been great. He's earned every bit of that contract that said literally had to argue with management to get it. Yeah. That's my non-biased outside fan suggestion. I think you're speaking about you're speaking to what a lot of Penguins fans have been saying. There's nobody in front of the net. Mm-hmm. How are you going to create these chances? You have no bodies in front of the net. It just seems like they're passing for it's, two minutes straight. I yeah. mean, they have been getting shots on goal. They have been trying, you know. But then other times you're like, why isn't everything connecting? Like something just doesn't seem right. And Gino looked really good the first few weeks of the season. But I think last night was probably his worst game of the season like yeah i'd say it's i don't know what it is i'd say it's crosby's as well that overtime that overtime shift was like abysmal to watch i was on air for that and i genuinely i think when i got on for a stop set it was i i knew that i sounded so defeated because it was like it was like so crushing i think the thing is like crosby has been shouldering a lot of the penguins this year like his line him gensel and rust have the most five-on-five goals in the Mm. NHL right now. Yeah. That first line has been keeping the Penguins afloat. And it's really unfortunate because you have four lines. You have multiple lines for a reason. You have other Mm. people who you want to throw out there. You need to have depth. And you can't just have your first line be all your scoring. Yeah. Like, we harped so much about that bottom six. And that bottom six is starting to look better because they're starting to make changes to it. Yeah. But it can't just be... You know, Gensel, Crosby, Russ the entire time, especially with Russ coming in and out with injuries. Yeah, I do know that at least not to not to discredit the um, top line. I know that at least the reason the bottom bottom six hasn't been producing is partially because of how much that we've had to shake up with uh, the Raquel and Russ injuries. I know I know. Granted, I don't think Raquel had scored at all by the time that he went on injured reserve, but at least uh, he, he still had. Jari has more goals. Than oh yeah, no, right he does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but it's Continue. it's more just the, it's more just the fact that like. The he, Raquel hasn't scored. Nope, he had not scored before he went on injury reserve. Did yeah, you he that? he was having he was having a really down year in terms of the numbers.
numbers, but at least his on-ice presence was still felt. So it was kind of excused. But I think with that injury and like having to slide Drew O'Connor up to the second line and then even in the top line there uh, a couple of games ago, it it is just not that it's not a winning lineup. I mean, you you got to get something, and that something usually came by way of the power play. You know, back in the days of like the uh, having Kessel on the top player power play unit may uh I, I, I may he come back to the penguins hopefully and try and get something i know that um I know that Dubas has not mentioned Kessel at all coming back. I don't think Kessel will sign with the Penguins, but any kind of like fan service at this point to try and keep the Penguins happy and not running uh, Todd Reardon out of town like we did Matt Canada, I think uh, would be lovely. I think actually I texted you the other day what I thought would be good for the PowerPoint or the power play uh, the power changes. Play. The power play, yeah, I'm reading here, I got ahead of myself. I said that I think it would be good to instead of going with the four forwards route kind of like we have been i think need to let letang run the point malkin or crosby on left circle carlson on the right kind of acting as that fourth forward which i mean defensively he has not looked pretty this year a lot of stupid turnovers but um i said noel akari on in front of the net just to try and switch things up rust like you did mention is kind of like a master you know deflector there he a great front net presence which would be you know perfect and ideal but i mean just to switch things up and get another big body i think akari is like i want to say he's like six five six six two fifty like he's he's a he's a he's a big boy out there we need to put something some kind of size to screen at least a little bit and get something other than just passing back and forth together uh he's five ten am i I think you're thinking of another. Who am I thinking of? I know that. Are you sure you're not th- Russ? Russ? I know that. I know that Russ. Hold on. I got. I'm looking up the Penguins. Uh, Penguins. Six five two fifty. Who am I? Who am I thinking of? Hold on. Russ is five eleven. I. That doesn't seem right. Hold on. I got to We got to see who you're. Uh, who am I talking? Who am I thinking of, of? What about Riley Smith? You guys got him from the Golden Knights. I haven't really heard anything about Riley Smith. I know he was really big back in Vegas. Is he just having a down year? Is he kind of afterthought? Father time catch up to him? What's the deal with Riley? Uh, I don't know. He actually kind of, ha- yeah, yeah. He has kind of looked invisible. Uh, I don't know. The last point he got was against Nashville. He had an assist. That's it. I mean, he's had at least 15 minutes of ice time every night, and he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Uh, off topic. It was um, it was Redeem Zahorna. That was what, I knew it was one of the. It, yeah. It was he's six six two twenty. So I was off on the two fifty, but at least you know six six two twenty big big body presence. Uh, I I want to see that. Um, I have no idea why I thought. Uh, I even spelled his name wrong. Akasiari. I don't know, but. Regardless, um, yeah. Are you talking about Noel Achari? Yeah, Achari. Okay, yeah. I don't he, know. He's bounced around Bruins, Panthers, a couple other yeah. squads. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. If we get we get Big Z on uh, on front nest presence or Rust either or um, just just anybody at Todd this point. Reardon, if you are listening to this, we are three college students who have a really good idea for your power play. Please, <laughs> please take this into consideration. Maybe. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that the calls for his firing are entirely just. I think Pittsburgh is just kind of riding the high of actually having a coach fired midseason in Matt Canada that now they think that any offensive problems can be blamed on whatever specialist. But if you think about it, 
going into the Steelers talk for a second, if you think about it, the problems, maybe they weren't on Matt Canada. Maybe yeah. it's been the Steelers themselves all along. <sighs> maybe the real Steelers we made were the Kenny Pickett's along the way. <laughs> that reminds me of the... Uh the, the, it was like some like Tumblr post I saw that talking about the Penguins. Uh, well, we like our pros and cons list. The pros yeah, are the vibes, <laughs> and the cons are the passing, the shooting, the defense, the power play, just about everything else. That that sums up the experience of uh, Penguins hockey. It's the things we were good at: the everlasting power of friendship. Things we were not good at: faceoffs, passing, keeping the puck, <laughs> shooting the puck, stopping the puck. Yeah. Listen, the vibes are good, so I'm hoping that translates onto the ice. Um. All right, let's roll into the next topic. We did the Kings. We just talked about the Flyers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Actually, we didn't really talk about the Flyers. We can now. Do you want to talk about the yeah, Flyers? Yeah, go for it. We just so went on about the Penguins. We've been uh, yapping for first, 20 I guess, minutes here. I'll thank you both for saying those words. <laughs> Very rare for some Penguins fans. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't happen the other way around with a lot of fans back home. I guess first things first, we can give a nice little recap of how these two games went because... Although you guys talk about how the Penguins went 0 for 2, oh, oh, it, 0 0 and 2, if you want to get technical, as they were both overtime or shootout losses. Mm-hmm. They were both one goal games. So the summary from last night Sidney Crosby opened the scoring last minute of the first period. Gensel and Russ, uh, who we were just talking about, pick up the helpers. And then Tyson Forrester. He's had a little bit of a slow start to the year, but he's starting to really take a couple steps forward in his NHL career for the Flyers. He ties it up at midway through the second period. Travis Konechny and Rasmus Ristolainen get the assist, and Rasmus Ristolainen, that I don't think he's registered a point in almost a year and a half. He's always hurt. It's a shame. He, he was really good when he was at the Sabres. He was a great checker. Maybe not putting up Eric Carlson or Kale McCarr numbers on the blue line, but he was a solid defenseman. Comes to Philadelphia on a questionable deal that a lot of the Flyers faithful did not like, and he's just been rattled by a number of injuries. Maybe this is the year he kind of gets back to his former self. And then in OT, Sean Couturier gets his sixth of the year. Konechny and Sanheim pick up the helpers. It's great to see Sean Couturier back. I don't think Sean Katori has played more than 20 games in the last three or four NHL seasons. You want to talk about bad injury luck, Sean Katori? There was a chance that he never almost played again. He almost, excuse me, he almost never played again just because he's had a lot of concussions, some neck injuries. And then we go to the box score from Saturday. And I watched a little bit of Saturday's game. I missed the first period. I happy I did because nothing happened of note. Second period, Latang and Tippett score for their respective teams. And then third period, that's when people decided, hey, it's hockey. You want to win a hockey game, you actually have to score. So Jake Gensel, almost two minutes into the period, he scores. Carlson and Rust get the helpers. Then Scott Lawton responds with a shorthanded goal. The Flyers have been very good in shorthanded goals. I watched them play the Stars earlier in the year. They had two. Actually, they might have had three shorthanded goals in one game. That's impressive. I think the Flyers lead the league in shorthanded goals. I would not be surprised. Tyson Forrester, again, 
scores on the power play. You give the Flyers the lead. And then Jake Gensel with 21 seconds left scores to tie it at three. Rust and Malkin get the helpers there. And then Couturier wins it in the shootout. Another note for the Penguins. Of all the stats I just rattled, I named the same four guys. Crosby, Latang, Malkin, Gensel, Rust. Okay, more than four. But uh, you get the point. The, the same, it's the same, the same names. crew, yeah. and that's the problem. You only have line one, and defenseman line one scoring. You need mm-hmm. depth scoring to win the games. Yeah, that, we know that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I I don't want to blame it all on the injury bug because you still should be seeing some kind of production. But like, I mean, like who like who else we pick up? Like the Riley Smith acquisition, uh, uh, Lars Eller. I don't know uh, how the Graves one is panning out. Graves looks I, uh, okay, and then other times you're like, oh my god, like he just his turnover just led to a goal. Yeah, it's yeah I. I'm starting to want to take back my beautiful man comment because I need to. Yeah, start calling him <laughs> ugly. Maybe he'll start scoring. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to. Con- I don't want to call myself a liar. I think I'll just have to dial dial it down a little bit. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. At least I'll, I will give to not uh, complain about the Penguins too much. There, I pulled up uh, Couturier's uh, hockey reference page, and he has already matched his uh, exact exactly goals and assists total. Uh, for six goals and 11 assists so far this year in 23 games, what he did in his last uh, appearances there in 21-22 with uh, 29 games. So at least he's looking somewhat productive here through uh, the first you know 23 games for the Flyers. Uh, yeah, obviously missed all of 2022-2023 uh, with the injury bug there, but I mean at least he's finding some footing for the Flyers, which is good. I think the silver lining that we can look at as Penguins fans from these two games. Nedeljkovic and Jari are not the reason that mm-hmm. a lot of these goals were scored. Yeah, um, I think that the Penguins have finally found their goalie tandem. Mm-hmm. Ned is very good. Jari is very good. You know, Ned was lights out last night. Yeah, he we he cannot... had a lot of good saves, like a lot of crazy saves that I was listening on the radio. I wasn't mm-hmm. listening. I wasn't watching. So. Oh, the Kings tied it with the yeah. Jackets right now. Yeah. Phil Deneau <laughs> scored twice in three minutes, and Arthur Kaliev just tied the game. That's three goals in the last period. I'm sorry to Lambert Who, if he's listening. I think it's uh, Elvis Mers Lincoln. <laughs> Mers Lincolns. Who's mm. in the goal for – who's in the net right now. Yeah. He was doing outstanding. He had some face, like, I want to say 26 shots. He was – 25 for 26 when I last looked, but obviously that's changed. Bleeding Thanks. a little bit more now, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, like, Ned has been really good. Jari's been amazing. Ned even, had some really phenomenal saves last night that, you know, you just you can't put these losses on the goalies at this point. Yeah, even... Uh, even Magnus Helberg, when he got in, wasn't playing too bad either. It's it's crazy f- to me because for the last like three or so years that I have like truly been like paying attention to the Penguins and outside of just like a casual like oh yeah I like the Penguins, uh, like the goaltending has not been consistent enough. But where like 
everything else kind of was like power play was at least hovering around league average and obviously 5v5 you know Crosby Malkin Latang always going to produce Gensel and Rust always putting up good numbers but it was the uh, Jari to Smith tandem for the past like two three seasons that has really been like the question mark of consistency and health especially for Jari and now it's it, it almost hurts that we finally find our stride in between the pipes and immediately as soon as we do, uh, it just gets flipped on its head by the power play and uh, the bottom six production, which is still kind of a carrying over like lingering issue from the Hextall era. But at least at the, the start of the year, they looked fine. You know, Zahorna, uh, Eller getting, you know, some goals, uh, some kind of production. So. I will say right now, going back to your shorthanded goals, the Flyers, the Stars, and the Blues, and the Hurricanes are all tied right now with six shorthanded goals this season. Canucks have to have five. I've, I've seen the Canucks score. Canucks have four. Four. It's close. Mm. Yeah. Right now, I think the Senators have one. Yotes have one. Penguins have one. Blackhawks have one. And the Maple Leafs have one. Very surprising for the Maple Leafs. So. Maple Leafs have kind of cooled off since the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like that as much in the stats, but notice no one's really talking about them as much. I, I mean, think people make like an effort to not talk about the Maple Leafs because they don't want to see like, they don't want to be labeled as like, you know, just a Maple Leafs fan. I feel like that's a big insult being called a Maple Leafs fan, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I learned that. Like, okay, I I'm, guess. Yeah, they're six two and two in their last ten. I mean, twenty eight points. They're fourth in the Atlantic right now. Uh, like, they're not really doing all too bad. I'm very surprised that they're actually a point behind the Red Wings right now. No idea where the Red Wings have came from. Uh, but it's that they got that. Uh, I guess they're hitting their stride. To bring it, they're they're hitting the Welcome gritty. Home. They're, they're they're just grittying through the Atlantic right yeah, now. They're waiting for Patrick Kane to join them. Yeah officially and then i don't know i don't know what it's gonna look like for them do you think they can make a run like putting kane aside like if they hadn't gotten kane do you think that the red wings can make a stanley cup run i i personally do dylan larkin's been banged up a little bit he's played through a few injuries so he's still he scored tonight he has nine goals i don't think that's anything to be upset of at all considering he's played through injuries and with the way the brink has been playing lucas raymond has looked pretty good he hasn't maybe put up those numbers remember it's only his let's say third year in the league really second because this is really the only second year that he's been a full-time player for an nhl club mm-hmm. he's taken a couple steps forward in his development even though it's not showing on the stat sheet Red Wings have still been getting solid goaltending, which ever since they lost Jimmy Howard to retirement, which feels like ages ago, I had never have been able to say those words for the Red Wings. The last time I remember the Red Wings being this solid, we're talking Nicholas Cronwall, Nick Lidstrom, that was even earlier, Henrik Zetterberg, a lot of these guys that have retired and some of them definitely future Hall of Famers or borderline Hall of Famers, or at least Red Wing Hall of Fame or mm. Wall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, looking at the, like, go- at least goaltending stats right now, uh, kind of surprising, I guess, to see that, uh, I mean, Ville Husso is, uh, 
rocking a not very good save percentage right now of eight point uh, point eight point eight nine one and a three four eight uh, goals allowed goals against average. Uh, but I mean, it's like James. I kind of have been running a three a three run here of uh, Alex Leon and uh, James Reimer, and I mean both of them have been playing pretty pretty well. Uh, Lions got uh, .958 save percentage in uh, four starts, three wins, one loss. Uh, I mean, five goals allowed against 118 shots is. Quite, quite, a, quite a nice little uh, little sample size there he's got going. And uh, Reimer fourteen in one sixty eight uh, for a point nine one seven, uh, which a little surprising for him. I honestly didn't. I I couldn't really say that I expected him to do much in Detroit. I guess after uh, what I didn't think was really the best uh, best little run in San Jose there past couple of years. But Alex Lyon. Flyers prospect. He played for the Phantoms for a handful of years. He did play a few NHL games for the Flyers, mainly filling in for Hart when Hart was injured. I always thought he was pretty good, so it's nice to see that he's found a little bit more of a prominent role with a big league squad. And the only weakness I do see on the Red Wings is that they don't really have a big defenseman. Like I was listing Lidstrom and Cronwell, obviously two of the best defensemen to play in the last 15, 20 years. So it's going to be hard to replicate that. But yeah, I mean, I think that's they get a big defenseman that can kind of lock down the fort, you know, in addition to this goalie tandem. And I think the Red Wings could easily be the Canucks of the Eastern Conference, maybe not as high of a ceiling as the Canucks oh, as of a trajectory. Nah. Canucks are in a league of their own right now. But Red Wings, I, I could see them winning around in the playoffs, which. Yeah, I think that would be a nice step. They've been close to the playoffs the last couple of years. They've had a handful of tough rebound, not rebound, rebuild years there in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you got, like, at least looking on the defense, nobody that really, like, stands out too, too much. Uh, I mean, most siders got got a nice little campaign going, 16 points Ole for him. Mata. Yeah, Ole Mata, nice little uh, four apples on the year. Uh, Shane Gussie-Bear, I, I have no idea how Shane to say Gossesbear. that. Shane Gussie-Bear, he's a Gossesbear. former flyer, too. He, yeah. I didn't even know he went to the Red Wings. I, was, I remember him playing for the Yotes. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember wanting to get him at the deadline last year, but uh, of course, Hextall Masterclass couldn't do nothing. Uh, ben Chirot's a solid defenseman. Yeah, no, he's he's doing pretty well for himself this year. Uh, he's probably the him and Justin Hole probably have the most size there, six three, six four. Uh, Pe- Je- former Penguins legend Jeff Petrie as well. <laughs> We're not going to discuss him. Uh, and then, of course, Jake Wallman, who has uh, once again taken the internet by storm after uh, grittying after a game-winning... Did you see the bobblehead winning... that the yes. Red Wings are doing? Yes, I, I'm I like considering flying to Detroit just for that bobblehead, but... Uh, that I it's quite it's crazy that I've, if I had two nickels for every time that Jake Wallman has grittied after scoring an overtime game-winning goal, I'd have two nickels, which is kind of ridiculous... That it's happened twice now. I just, oh, man. I mean, it was pretty sick, like watching Gritty on the ice. No, this okay. Guy. Let me uh, let me at least clarify. This year, this most recent Gritty goal or GGWG Gritty and game winning goal, I am perfectly fine with because it did not come against the Penguins. Yeah. Last year's hurt me very much as that was uh, that was a game that I was watching live and I um, I did not. 
I in no way did I damage any um, property in Seneca Hall. However, the uh, TV remote was indeed thrown um, quite angrily at the fridge. It was uh, thrown fridge. by another person. It was not me. Yes, yes. They I were not watching. My, my RAs can attend uh, or can attest, uh, Grace and Danielle, they uh, signed off on the end of year inspections that there are no holes on the wall. Uh, and I did not claim any holes in the wall because there were no holes in the wall to claim. So we are all good on that front Uh, well one other thing that i do want to touch on before we get into our another topic when it comes to goalies um while i have found a very nice goalie tandem me personally (laughs) i am kyle dubas uh as i have found a really good goalie tandem in pittsburgh the goalie tandem in new jersey woof yeah woof is all i can say i mean I know that the Devils right now, they're seventh in the Metro. And I mean, it's not where Devils fans and really the entirety of the NHL fan base thought they were going to be, especially after their run last year against the Rangers, you know, getting the Rangers in seven games. They just kind of like dominated them. Um, Right now, it's just not looking good for the Devils. And I think we can kind of blame this on the injuries that have happened. You know, you had Nico Hishier out for a while. Jack was out for a while. Dougie Hamilton is presumably out for the rest of the season. Who else is out? Timo's been out. Timo has been in and out. I think Timo came back for the Sharks game. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I guess good for them. They lost it. Good for him to get out of San Jose, too. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um... And then Eric Halla was out as well. He's coming back tonight against the Canucks. But you have a really young team. Like, I think someone said that it's John Marino, John Marino, former Penguin. It's John Marino and the kids right now. Yeah. Luke Hughes being on defense. You know, John's on defense. It's a lot of moving parts because they're all young. Like, you have people who are coming in and out. You know, Jack has been really good since he came back. Niche. I was going to combine Nico's entire name. I was going to say Nisho. I was going to say Nisho. (laughs) Nico is kind of like, even though he's probably not the best player on the Devils, he's the heart of them. And you could see that a spark of life came back into them once he made his return against the Sabres last week. Jack right now is leading the Devils. He has 30 points, 19 goal. I'm sorry, nine goals and 21 assists. Tyler Toffoli has 12 goals leading the team. Luke Hughes isn't doing that bad either. I think he's really stepped up, made himself a candidate for the Calder this year. I know it's going to be really hard, especially coming in. You know, Connor Bedard is in your competition. But Luke is really making a name for himself with the Devils. He's playing some pretty good defense. He has a few slip-ups here and there, but he's... 19 years old like he's literally just a teenage boy literally so what can you expect from him but the goaltending has just been really really subpar for the devils right now you know a lot last year Vitek Vanacek was very good during Mm -hmm. the playoffs and right now he's sitting at a 0.879 save percentage while Akira Schmidt is at a 0.89 you see a goalie with their save percentage in the 87s and you're like we are not winning that game tonight and that's what a lot of devils fans look at i mean that sharks game there were 47 shots by the devils how many shots do you think were taken by the sharks the sharks won six three 
Shots on goal or just shots Just taken? shots in general. 16. On goal, maybe maybe 22 or 23. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, 25. This there is were my 18 guess. shots. Attempted or, or on goal? Just 18 shots. I think that's what that's what ESPN Oof, just said. Woof, dude. Good Lord. Akir Schmidt was in the net. He stopped 12 shots against the 17 attempted. So, yeah. I think... I think His save percentage for that night was... Point seven zero. I think I, with no prior hockey experience, could probably get in net and stop and and hold a better shape percentage on eighteen shots. I mean, I didn't even. I think I watched a little bit of the game and I saw how it was progressing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to keep watching this. Like, I value my mental health, <laughs> and it's just such a shame because the Devils are still leading with the best power play in the league. Yeah. They're at a 36%. The Lightning are second. They have, they're 31%. So the Devils are still doing good in multiple categories, except their goaltending, which is a category that you really need to have good coverage in. Because you can't have subpar goaltending because then that that's, that's a loss right there. Like yeah. a lot of these losses that the Devils have, some of them can be shouldered on the Devils, you know, the team. And then... A lot of it, a majority of it, goes onto the shoulders of Vanacek and Schmidt. And I think also Lindy Ruff, who pulls his goalie so, so early. He pulls him like three minutes before the period ends. That's really, like when, they ha- when they're down by like a goal or two, he pulls him that early. And I think that's led to a lot of the Devils' downfalls because they don't have a very good goal scoring percentage when they have the extra attacker on. So. I I do see the solution to your problem in New Jersey. I think this I'm might be the year. And final. I'm listening. It's the name is John Gibson. I Ooh, know you're gonna the, say he's the, not. Isn't he with available? the Ducks right now? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's my point. John Gibson has literally been. If there's any glue on the Ducks, which I know last week I said I thought they were a hot team, which is ironic because they had dropped to the third or fourth worst record in the league. And I still stand by that they're doing better than I expected. Leo Carlson's turned out pretty well for them. And they're doing this all without Zegris. And Troy Terry hasn't lived up to expectations. And Jamie Drysdale's barely, barely played this year, coming back from his injury from last year. John Gibson's He's on been, the IR still. Him, Zegris, Carlson just came off the IR. Yeah, injury bug. Oh, Dry still hasn't even played? He played like maybe like one or two games. That's what I thought. He came back and I think he got hurt again. Anyway, long story short, John Gibson was rumored to be signing with the Penguins this summer. Not, not excuse me, not signing, but wanted to trade. He wanted out of Anaheim. An annoying and obnoxious analyst for... TSN or one of the other broadcasting agencies kind of leaked that and his agent and Gibson were fast to stick up for the Ducks as he's played for the Ducks for a number of years as long as I can remember and he said that he he didn't want to leave Anaheim which I thought was a very very classy statement on his behalf but I I think he's done his time he's soldiered through a few tough years and Southern California, and I think he's ready to leave the sunshine of SoCal for the frigid winters and blizzards of North Jersey and Newark. And I really think if somehow the Devils are able to land John Gibson or your Penguins, I know Jari's been good. Jari has a goal. 
He's one more goal than Ricard Raquel. He's one more goal than a lot of guys in the league. Than than Zegers, actually. Yeah, he has one more goal than Zegers. He has yeah. one more goal than Drysdale. So I see Tristan your point. Jari is very close to breaking Wayne Gretzky's goal record. Yeah. He's only 893 away. Oh my God. He's going to get there faster than Ovechkin. Some slight. Continue, though. I I, I am liking yeah. the solution. I right really. Now. Yeah. I, Maybe not for the Penguins because, like I said, Jari's been outstanding, and not because he scored. I always thought Tristan Jari is pretty good. He he's had his rough patches, but that's to be a, expected of a goalie, a goalie, especially a younger goalie like Jari. Devils, on the other hand, Mackenzie Blackwood, he was hot and cold. Corey Schneider, when he was on the Devils, this was more than this was a handful of years ago. He was kind of hot and cold. Ever since Martin Brodeur left the Devils. And he's 100% a future Hall of Famer if he hasn't already been nominated. I want to say he's might have been nominated this year or he's going to be nominated next year. I think next year. I would say next year because it's getting close It's getting close to that kind of five-year mark in which this, that's the eligibility for NHL. That's five years after you retire, you're first, el- you're first eligible to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. If the Devils get John Gibson, Akira Schmidt. I like him. I think he's pretty good. Vitek Vanacek, he's not bad. But if you get a lock in that, like John John Gibson is proven, especially putting up the stats he does with a team with the mediocrity of the Ducks, with the little to no offense they've had and the, the poorest defense they've had, he's done great. Yeah. That would, I, if I was a Devils fan, I would be screaming – for John to come to North Jersey, I think that's the missing piece. Yeah, I'll say you, you know what surprised me. I, that's I knew that you were going to suggest something for goaltending. That's not the answer that I thought you were going to give. I thought it was going to be uh, Nashville's uh, starter net. You uh, say you say Saros? Yeah, they really. The Devils wanted UC Saros. Yeah, they really, really wanted. Him. I thought they were going to get him. Um, that was that was what I was thinking because I, I think it was a I think it was a Bleach Report article that came out there if not today a couple of days ago that they were like mocking like potential trades for cup contenders to like get over the hump which for some reason they put the Devils in the cup contender status uh, not to, not to talk down upon uh, the team out in New Jersey but um, I, they're kind of in the same boat as the Penguins right now where they should be. They are not, but it would not surprise me if uh, if Saros does get moved at any point in the uh, in the season. It would not surprise me that it isn't uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, I think that that probably. What be... would you want to send over from the Devils for him, though? Hmm. Yeah, see, that is the question to be answered here. Let me pull up. Boom. Let me pull up the. the... Sorry to interrupt, but the the Kings just won in overtime. Comeback Ooh. complete. Let's go. I believe Anze Kopitar just blasted a one-timer. And well, I also do want to say um, a win for Metro for the Penguins tonight because the Rangers lost to the Senators 6-2. So, Let's go. And then the Blue Jackets just lost, obviously. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Islanders might win. I'm hoping the Sharks, Sharks pull out the win. And then you have that Devils game tonight. But looking at, like, looking at Soros, I think his contract... I want to say it expires. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'm. I'm looking. He's, I'm, a, I'm, he's a free agent at the end of next season. Yeah, so you got one one year of team control. But looking at him right now, his numbers really aren't that good. Yeah. Maybe well, that's the I team think, in front I th- of him. I'll say I think that's more indicative of the rebuild that's going on in Nashville right now. Well, 
I don't know if I don't even know if you can call it a rebuild. I'm not quite entirely sure what they're doing. Um, but like they have know. some stars there. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like they're not like fully. I don't think they're fully like com- they're like I mean, they're twelve and twelve right now. They're sitting perfectly at five hundred, six in the central, twenty four points. Like they're not exactly like sitting on you know like tank status they're not going like full sharks or ducks or something but like i mean they gave uh tyson berry the permission to seek a trade but like philip forsberg is playing really well right now roman josie is you know always uh always doing well for himself like they got went out and got ryan o'reilly this offseason like uh i just i really i really don't know what is going on right there but like I think uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think that they if they were to make a move and like f- I think they probably would fully commit to the tank if it weren't for like the the Philip Forsberg deal, the Ryan O'Reilly, uh, the Ryan McDonough move as well, which I don't really. I don't know how well that's looking right now. He's, you know, on almost on the wrong side of 30. Uh, he's sitting at 34 right now with a current cap hit of six and three quarter million dollars. Uh, like, I think he has seven points on the year. Like, I don't know. This is, it, it's, it's, it's a confusing situation in Nashville for certain. Well, I mean, we can only see. I really hope that. Um, Fitzgerald does something with the Devils right now. I mean, that goaltending, you cannot, you just handed out all these contracts. You gave Timo Meyer a contract. You gave Jesper Brat a contract. You're giving out all these contracts. You need to make sure that you have the adequate tools for them. Mm. And I do not believe, and I said it last year during the playoffs, and everyone attacked me. Everybody on Twitter attacked me. I said Akira Schmidt and Vitek Vanacek are not the solution for the Devils right now. And people were like, why would you say that? They're really good. They're this, they're that. Well, I pulled that tweet up this year when you know they lost to the Sharks, and I said, oh, are we still sharing the same sentiment right now? Like, I know a lot of disgruntled Devils fans who months ago were praising Schmidt and Vanacek as if they were the next, you know, coming a road door. They're not. Like, we need to come up with a different solution because they are not it. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. At least with Akira Schmidt, you got a little bit of time to kind of mold him and fix his game. Like, yeah, he is sitting at a quite abysmal 3 5 and 1 right now with a 3.27 goals, goals against average, but he is 23. I mean, he was, you know, a fifth round pick for you guys, pick 136 back in 2018. So, like, it's not like there's not room for improvement for him, but, like, to be the crutch to a Vitek Vanacek who, uh, albeit does have a winning record at 8 and 5 this year, but a, a quite awful 3 5 flat goals against average. And, like, he just he just has not looked like the answer between the pipes at all for what was supposed to be your guys's you know cup year basically i just don't worry next year all right <laughs> right now we're planning the parade in pittsburgh and mm-hmm. then next year we're going to plan the parade up in nork yeah i think i think you should flip that personally with the talent new jersey has and if you guys get gibson or we're just going to plan the parade down sunset boulevard <laughs> no it was drew downey by the way 
Good pickup on the. You you were the one with the Downey jersey, right? No, no that's me. That was me. Yeah. Hey, uh, sorry, Mason. That was a good pick for the Downey jersey. He got the winner, not Anze. Anze yeah, got the yeah. helper on that. Yeah, I think I actually I think I dropped him in fantasy, so I'm not really reaping from that. But at least the success of now, I can wear my Drew Doughty jersey tomorrow. Uh, I can I can live with that. Ten wins in a row. Ten Which, road wins in a row for the Kings. Yeah, they are all not fire. too shabby. All right. Is there anything else we want to discuss tonight? Because we got 20 minutes until Tuesday kicks off. Mm, yeah, no, I do want to get home for that. Um, I don't think that the only thing that I have in the notes here, uh, we could talk like, well, no, I'll say we got the Winter Classic coming up, but we can save that for a later episode. I do have my awards predictions, but um, they are uh, the only like interesting or funny thing that I was going to say is that I think in honor of the Hughes Day today, uh, I have a Hughes sweep. Uh, where I have uh, Luke Hughes for Calder, uh, uh, Quinn Hughes for Norris, and uh, Jack Hughes for Hart. Everybody needs to hop on the Quinn Hughes train right now. Yeah. I'm saying it every single episode. Please <laughs> hop on it. It will give, it will, you will reap the benefits of being on the Quinn Hughes train. I mean, yeah. it's just been amazing getting to watch him grow. And he did, like, him and Luke and Jack did interviews ahead of today's game. And one of the interviewers, you know, one of the journalists is asking Jack, he's like, you know, what is it like playing against Quinn, somebody who is, like, basically an older brother to you? And Jack's like, he's not basically an older brother to me. He is my older brother. <laughs> like, so I think it's really nice. You know, they finally get to play all together. And first siblings ever i know that that's a joke there's been other siblings but we're not going to talk about those other siblings they are the hockey siblings yes they are right now right now one four and seven yeah um yeah no i i yeah the yotes and the quinn hughes norris agenda are my only wagons for the season officially michael carcone (laughs) is on pace for 42 goals that's more that's more than bedard currently yeah, I don't and know. Bedard, Bedard has, I want to say he's 11 now because he's, he scored against the Jets on Saturday. I think he is around there. Yeah, so eight, look. yeah 11 goals, 9 yeah. assists, 20 points. But also that negative, uh, negative 14 plus minus, yeah. uh, it is, yeah. He, he'll probably win the Calder uh, just based off of like name and hype alone. But um, yeah, that Blackhawks team is just abysmal and... Uh, he is like the only bright spot in a world of darkness. Well, if it's any consolation right now, the Blackhawks are up 3-2 against the Predators. And who is in the net for the Preds? It's UC Soros. UC Soros. Yeah. So if that's all, we're going to sign off until hopefully next week. It is finals week here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We're getting the break. Um, we enjoyed this Mason deal Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that you guys keep bringing me on. I am uh, I'm watching my mouth about the anti-vaccine agendas like Aaron Rodgers to be pushed. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. I uh, no, I'm very happy to be on here and talk hockey with you guys. It is quite wonderful, even if it is mostly just me complaining about the Penguins power play for a good 45 minutes. That's fine. Alex, any closing remarks? Um, just a shout out to the Yotes, the Coyotes. I don't know if we said this. It's been a long night, long day. Yeah. We might have already. Their last five wins, they have five wins in a row, have come against the last five Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. 
Or wagons. Beat the Golden Knights. Beat the Lightning. Beat the Caps. Mm-hmm. Beat the... Uh, potentially have a chance to beat the Pens. Please don't say that. I'm I said poten- I said potentially. Alex, you don't understand. If, okay? I said potentially. You don't understand. I'm beat going the, the day after my birthday. So my birthday's on Monday, and I'm going Tuesday to go see the Penguins. It's. I just want a win. It's it's it's, it's, it is, it's win. a win-win series because if if the Penguins win, you know, great, grand, obviously. If the Yotes win, I think that'll make it what the past six. Technically, well, six and seven if you count the you know sixteen, seventeen, or well, because yeah, the oh, well, they have to beat the who won? I know, yeah, the yeah, that would be it six. would be the Pens because the, yeah. the Yotes will play a couple more games, but it won't it won't impact them for the past Stanley Cup champions. And who knows if the Yotes do that? Maybe just maybe do they actually get the arena in Tempe or Mesa that they won, and they get to they get to leave the College Arena, and then they get to, yeah. they get to sign I, Austin Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and they get to relocate to Quebec or Salt Lake or Houston. I personally am a uh, I'm an Arizona truther. I think that the uh, the Yotes should stay in Arizona in any capacity. Um, but I will say, any and all attention that is being brought to them is well deserved. And uh, even if even if you see a Penguins lost that night, you're seeing a part of Yotes history, which I think is generally the more impactful uh, thing here because they, they need it more than we do at the moment. All right. All right. Enough on the anti-Pens agenda. <laughs> um, this has been the fifth episode of Checked Out, U92's premier hockey podcast. Good night, everyone.